here's the question this morning. What do you think is the most dangerous object in your home? Think about it for a second. What's the most dangerous object in your home? Think about it and then tell your neighbor what you think is the most dangerous object in your home. Take a minute. Let's move, people. We're talking about passivity this morning. You've got to move quick. Let's go. Yeah, so let me tell you what I think is the most dangerous object in your home. This is a chair. It's a special kind of chair, though. It's an easy chair. This one happens to be a wall saver rocker with a little button missing. This is a good-looking chair. It was when we bought it. But you don't buy a chair like this because of how it looks. You buy a chair like this for one reason and one reason only. Why do we buy a chair like this? Comfort. We buy a chair like this to relax, to be comfort. We buy a chair like this for comfort. So this morning, I want to paint a picture for you of what comfort and passivity can do to a life and why it's kind of dangerous. But I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need a volunteer. <laughs> you should see the faces I'm looking at right now, scared to death. Who's going to volunteer? Do I have a volunteer? <laughs> He's like, how about you, sir? Front row? Yeah. Would you, would you help me out here? All right. Thank you. Let's hear it for our volunteer. <clears throat> Stay right there. Clearly, I'm speaking on overcoming passivity. By this last display, we're going to need a few more weeks on the subject, I think, okay? Uh, your name? I'm Brian. Brian. Brian, thank you for volunteering, or me volunteering you. Thank you for doing that. That's great. Um, here's your job, Brian. Your job is to immerse yourself in comfort, okay? Uh, when we're done here, I want our friends to recognize that a new bar has been set for the experience of comfort. Got it? I want them to see what a truly relaxed and comfortable person looks like. Can you do that for me, Brian? You bet. All right. Uh, take a seat in this chair, if you would. Just get yourself comfortable there. There's a, there's a few things that we do to get really comfortable. I brought a few things to make you really comfortable this morning, Brian. So take your shoes off, if you would. I've got some nice soft slippers here. Low mileage on this pair. They might be a little big for you, but I think you'll manage, right? So you put these slippers on. You know what's really great about this chair? Is that if you lean back a little bit and pull on this handle, pull on that thing, but there, then lean back. There we go. There we go. See? Yes. You're doing real good. Yeah, yeah. You're doing real good so far. Okay. So, um... In, in order to really get comfortable, when we really want to relax, there are certain foods that we like to enjoy. We call these foods comfort foods. Yes, thank you. I have a couple of my personal favorites. I got the pork rinds and the potato chips and a couple of uh, Milky Ways and Snickers and some dark chocolate in here. You know, the first two servers ate all the Twinkies, so that was clearly the favorite. But, um, Brian, can I interest you in something? Take good choice. Yeah, very good. You enjoy that and relax. In addition to comfort foods, yeah, um, there are, you know, when you're in a chair like this, when at your home, 
when you're in a chair like this, what's the one thing you have to be holding in your hand when you're in a chair like this? Yes, a remote. You know what someone said in the last service? A cat. No, that is the wrong answer. Not a cat, a remote. I just happen to have one here. Yeah, Brian, would you hold on to that for me? So there you go. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work on that screen. <laughs> We're going to have to reprogram my TV at home later on now that he's done that. Okay, that's all right. Uh, also, in our chair at our house, when we like to really relax, we like a little blanket to kind of keep warm. Yeah, and uh, you know what? This cold, drafty sanctuary, I want to put this over you, Brian, and so you can relax. There you go. There you go. There we go. You just relax there. You're doing real good. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, he's doing real good, I can see. You know, finally, when we really want to relax and unwind, there's one thing that takes me over the top. A little music sometimes is just what the doctor ordered. So, men, if you would, a little music. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So I want you to take a good look at little Brian here, okay? Does this look like a man who's ready to spring into action? You know, if, if an opportunity to serve or give or sacrifice came his way, do you think he's ready to meet it head on? Does this look like a man who's poised for to be stretched and challenged? Clearly not. Ready for an explosion of personal growth and development? I mean, if God were to ask Brian to do a real important, real difficult thing right now, do you think he's ready? Yeah, you know, if God were calling a church to do something real important but real difficult, say, double their size and build a building so they could better serve their community, does, does Brian look like he's ready for that kind of God-sized challenge? I ask you to think about your own life. If your life was primarily devoted to life in the chair, to maximizing your level of comfort, to minimizing your level of stress or problems, if that was the primary purpose of your life, tell me, does it make your heart beat real fast? Does it enliven your deepest passions and fire you up for each new day? Is it enough to get you out of bed every morning with anticipation and wonder? I mean, look at him. If I leave Brian in this chair for the balance of the service, do you think he can even stay awake for the rest of my message? No way. So, Brian, you have to go, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't have you stay here. Thank you. (laughs) I think he enjoyed that Snickers bar just a little too much. Yeah. I want to tell you what is so dangerous about this chair. What's most dangerous about this chair is not the stuff you do while you're in it. It's the stuff you don't do. See, it's the relationships that you never deepen. It's the desperate people in need that you never serve. It's the prayers that you never pray or the bold steps of faith that you never take while you're in that chair. It's the truths you never learn and it's the friendships you never make. It's the opportunities to serve alongside others and let God use you that you'll never experience. 
It's the laughter you'll never laugh. It's the tears that you'll never weep. See, it's the, it's the exhilarating risks that you never take. And it's the awesome answers to prayer that you'll never see, that you can't see from that chair. See, it's the, it is the great adventure of life with God that you'll never experience in that chair. I'm here to tell you this morning that you were made for more than life in the chair. You were made to do something more with your life than just maximize the comfort and security with which you now live. You were made to spend your life in an awesome, exhilarating adventure with God. There is nothing passive or boring about it. This chair might be the most dangerous object in your home. Not because of what you do while you're in it, but because of what you don't do. I want you to turn with me to the passage for this morning, because the Bible speaks about passivity right to us from Ephesians chapter 5. If you have your Bible or a device, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 or 16. 15 and 16. Two short verses, one sentence really. In fact, I'm going to put it on the screen for you to read. Here's why. Because we're going to read it aloud together. I want you to read it and hear it through your own voice box. You ready? So we're going to read it out loud together. Let's go. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Be very careful then how you live, the Bible warns. Here's why. Because these days, in the world in which we live, comfort may be our highest value. The world will tell you that comfort is worth pursuing, worth purchasing at any cost, worth giving your life to. And I'm here to tell you it's a lie. It's a false bill of goods. It would be an unwise way to invest your one and only life. To spend your life in a never-ending attempt to maximizing your personal comfort. What a waste. It'll never satisfy. Life in the chair is a seductive lie. It will never satisfy your greatest longings. It will never ignite your greatest passions. And it will never fulfill your deepest desires. It won't. It can't. See, because comfort doesn't sharpen longings and passions and desires. Comfort, comfort breeds passivity. The Bible knows that. That's why it warns, be very careful how you live. You need to make the most of every opportunity. Too much comfort can be a dangerous thing. Scientists have discovered a strange phenomenon when living things are giving, given seemingly ideal, stress-free environments in which to live. When laboratory mice were given a perfectly comfortable environment, that is, ideal temperature, constant food source, plenty of water, no predators, no demands, no need to adapt or adjust to changing conditions, a high level of comfort for a mouse, an interesting pattern would emerge. After a very short period of time, the mouse would become comfortable and then passive and then practically immobile And then it would die. Instead of being a perfectly content and happy little mouse, living in virtually stress-free conditions, it would die. You know what the scientists figured out? The scientists discovered that it's the very process of challenge and change and meeting demands that are essential for all living things to really thrive and grow. Otherwise, living things, all living creatures, follow pretty much the same pattern as laboratory mice. If not challenged... If there's not enough demands to change and adapt and grow, living creatures tend 
to become comfortable and then passive and then immobile and then they die. Too much comfort can be lethal, a lethal thing, even for a mouse. Not to mention a person created in the image of God. In fact, God knows this. That's why God calls people out of this passivity into a relationship, a partnership with him, where he's going to mold us and make us into the image of his son and then include us in building his kingdom. Rather than do it alone, he says, I want to use you. I want to work through you to build my kingdom here on earth. It's what we were created for. God calls people into the adventure of a lifetime. Nothing passive, nothing boring about it. If you're bored or passive in church, you're not in the mix. You're not living out the call that God has for you because it's never passive. It's never boring. The catch is you have to get out of your comfortable chair in order for God to use you, in order for God to shape you and mold you and then use you to help him achieve his purposes here on the earth. Henry Blackaby in his book, Experiencing God, he poses this question. Blackaby writes, how often in the Bible does God call a person to an easy task? Answer, never. God never calls anyone to an easy task. Think about it. God calls Noah and says, I want you to build a boat, a big one. It's going to take decades to build out here in the desert. No one's going to help you. But I need you to build an ark for me to save not only animals, but I want to restart the human race on earth through you. God calls Abraham. He says, Abraham, I want you to leave everything that's comfortable for you, everything that you know, everything that you're used to. And at age 75, when most people are pretty settled in their recliner, God says, I want to take you and your entire family, uproot you, and move you to a place I will show you. Because I want to build a nation through you, Abraham, but you're going to have to get out of your chair for me to do it. God calls Moses and says, Moses, I need you. I want you to leave your life of shepherding, a life where you've grown very comfortable. And I want you to go back to Egypt where you're a wanted man, and I want you to defy the Pharaoh. Think of it. God says to Moses, I want you to go and take on the most powerful person in the world, and you need to tell him that he's got to let his cost-free labor force go so they can go worship a God that the Pharaoh doesn't even believe in. You talk about a tough task. God calls Joshua. He says, Joshua, I need you to lead the charge. I want my people to possess a land that is now possessed by some giants. That's what Joshua's spies describe them as. Some bigger, stronger people than the invading Israelite army. He says, Joshua, I need you to get out of your chair so you can lead the charge against this formidable foe. God calls Jonah and says, Jonah, I need you to go preach to Nineveh, the most corrupt and violent city in the world, the enemy of Israel. I need you to go preach this message. Repent or be destroyed. That was it. You have 40 days. Turn to God or perish. Not an easy sermon to preach to a rather hostile audience. God never calls anybody to an easy, comfortable, passive task or life. It's always a challenge. Throughout the Bible, God called these and countless others to similar challenging tasks. He never calls anyone to a passive, comfortable mission. He just doesn't do it. Sometimes we forget that. See, God's absolutely committed to us. He's always for us. He's always acting in our best behalf. But it's rarely comfortable. He's committed to our growth, to growing our character, growing our courage, growing our faith. 
And he desires to involve you and me in building his kingdom here on earth. It was, it's the purpose you were created for. It's the adventure you were designed for. It's never easy. It's rarely comfortable. And for sure, it's never passive. It's a challenging task that God calls you and I to. Because God knows that your passivity is dangerous. He knows that comfort leads to passivity, and that's a dangerous place for you and me. People often mistakenly think, well, God would never call me to do something that would make me uncomfortable. I hear it. I hear people mistakenly reason, well, God would never ask me to do something that makes me anxious or I'm afraid to do, or he'd never give me something I can't handle. On the contrary, God always calls his followers to something they can't handle on their own. Why? Because he wants a relationship with you. He's building this relationship. You're, he's the father, you're the son. And the only way you'll remember you need him, you're dependent on him, is when he calls you to an impossible task that you can't do on your own. But with his power, his strength, his courage, he does it. And there's a double blessing. It's a win-win. You get the benefit of growing and stretching and changing and becoming more like his son Jesus. And the second win is the people around you, they see it. They see that God is changing you, that you're growing and maturing and developing. And you know what happens? They start to actually come to believe that this God that you worship and follow and serve is real because they can see he's really exacted a change in you. See, God wants this relationship with you and me. He wants to stretch us and grow us and mature us and bless us. He wants us to say no to passivity and say yes to him. He wants us to take our next step. You know, we're all at different places, but none of us have arrived. And so we all need to take a next step on our spiritual walk. In fact, our entire spiritual growth process here at BlackRock is built on this principle that you and I, we are, God is calling us to take our next step, whatever it is. We're all at different places. We're all at different steps. But you can't stay in your chair. You can't stay passive. You cannot grow a relationship with God and remain passive. Impossible. It won't happen. can't be done. So we exist to help you take your next step. That's what this church is for. To help you take your next step, whatever that is. That's why we've built this huge next steps kiosk in our welcome center. Why? Because we're convinced your spiritual walk is dependent on it. Because most of us are a little bit insecure about what that step is. And then when we know, we're kind of anxious to even do it because we think it's too much for us. Don't know if we can handle it. We become insecure. Think back on biblical history. You're not alone. Almost everybody that God called into this great adventure to take their next step, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, all the prophets, every one of the disciples, they felt insecure, inadequate for the challenge, inadequate and insecure about taking their next step. But... They said yes to God anyway. And then God blessed them and grew them and used them to build his kingdom. See, almost every person in the Bible was afraid and insecure when they were called to this God-sized challenge. So if you're scared or insecure to take your next step, you're in good company. It's quite understandable. It's natural. It's normal. Of course you'll feel, feel scared and inadequate or insecure. That's not the question. 
The question is not whether you feel insecure or not. The question is, will you take your next step? Will you get out of your chair so that God can stretch you and grow you and mold you into his son and then use you to build his kingdom? I remind you, the Bible says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. It just begs the question this morning, so what's your next step? That's what you've got to think through. What's your next step? Where is God calling you to get out of your chair? Because he's calling you. I guarantee it. I know it. He calls all of us out of our chair so we can become more like his son and he can use us. Some of you need to get off the fence spiritually. You realize that your life is way too connected to maximizing your personal comfort. You recognize it. You realize it because spiritually you're impotent. You've got no power, no strength, no courage. You've got nothing going on spiritually. You know what you need? You need to get down here in front after the service and get prayed for. Let us pray for you. Let the prayer team pray over you. We'll pray some courage and passion and wisdom into you. You're going to need it to make some strong decisions about your priorities. Others of you, you're kind of new to all this, and you're not sure what to do. You're not sure what your next step is. Jeremy actually shared it in the announcements. That's okay. You might have a different faith background, and you haven't taken a step in your spiritual growth journey. Well, we want to help you do that. We exist to help you. You need to go to a next steps booth and figure out when do I get to 101. That way we'll give you options about the steps you can take. Others of you need to go to a starting point group. Why? Because you don't know what you believe. You need to talk it out. You need to figure out, where, what do I believe? Where did that come from? Does it square with what God says in the Bible? That's a great next step for many of you. Some of you, you need to get connected. You are isolated and alone. You're sitting in a room of hundreds of people, and you're all alone. It's a bad place to be. You were never intended to walk this walk, take these steps alone. You need to get connected in community. You need to, like a community group. You need to jump in with a serving team so you can kind of mix it up with some people. And they can help you grow and they can kind of build into you and you build into them. And you do this together. If you remain in isolation, you'll remain powerless. Some of you need to get connected. Men, I'm going to speak directly to you because sometimes we're the worst offenders. Guys, we like to stay in the shadows sometimes. But the truth is most of us, many of us, we need some friends. You need some guys who are going to walk alongside you. The good news is we got some great opportunities right in front of you. Men's breakfast, men's weekend, can't miss events where you can kind of connect with other guys. Men, I'll tell you, there are groups of men that meet every week. They pray together. They study the Bible together. They play golf together. They fix cars together. There's a group that meets monthly. You know what they do? They're called Be a Better Dad group. They get together. You know what they do? They want to be a better dad and a better husband. So they challenge each other, encourage each other about how they can grow in those relationships, in that mantle of responsibility. Maybe that's your next step. You have to figure out where it is and take it. You've got to quit your drifting and isolation. Because if you don't, you will remain powerless and no threat to the enemy. Some of you are afraid that God's going to ask you to do something you can't handle that you're afraid to do. And so you're holding back. Some of you have leadership gifts and talents that you're holding back because you're afraid that the time commitment energy is going to take away from the precious time 
you're going to spend in the chair. And I'm going to here to challenge you to say, building into God's kingdom, way more exhilarating, way more important, way more life-defining than time in the chair. Some of you are holding back. You know why? Because you're afraid you have nothing to offer. You actually think that you're not a superstar, so your, you know, your contribution doesn't add any value, doesn't amount to anything. And I'm going to correct you. Because I'll remind you what Jesus can do with five loaves and two fish. I can tell you that he's not worried about your ability. It's your availability. You make yourself available, God does the heavy lifting. God does the work. He exacts change in you. He grows you. And then you get to have an impact for the kingdom. It's awesome. It's a way better way to live. Way better than life in the chair. Some of you need to just kind of take that next step and see what God will do. I remind you once again that you have a decision to make. You have a decision to say yes to God. Say no to passivity. A decision to get out of your chair. Whatever it is. I remind you because how you answer will determine the trajectory of your life. Every time you say yes to God, every time you give or sacrifice or serve, every time you take a step, you change a little. Your faith grows a little deeper. Your courage gets a little stronger. And the spirit inside you, it grows a little bit. But sometimes in the Bible, sometimes people say no to God. There was a rich young ruler who was intrigued by Jesus' preaching. And so he kind of followed Jesus around, and he had been pretty steady church attender, so he went up to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, what do I need to do? What's my next step? And Jesus says, you know what you need to do? You need to sell your stuff. Get rid of all your junk, sell it, and then give the money to the poor, the people who really need it. Then come to me with empty hands, and we'll have the adventure of a lifetime. Come on. Sell your stuff. Let's do this together so you can really live free from your junk. And this guy, he stood in Jesus' presence for I don't know how long, but he knew it was decision time. Because he had a lot of wealth, he had a lot of power, he was real comfortable in his chair. So he thought about Jesus' offer, and he said no. We don't know what happened to this guy. Scripture doesn't record it, but I have a pretty good idea. Because every time you say no to God, every time you... You pass up an opportunity to grow, a step you could take. Every time you let passivity win and you stay where you are, I can tell you what happens. You've seen the pattern before. Your comfort grows and you get passive and then practically immobile. And then your spirit inside you, it dies a little. It dies because you said no. And it's a little less likely that you'll ever get out of that chair. So I'm here to warn you and challenge you and encourage you. If it's been a while since you've stretched yourself spiritually, since you've taken that next step because you've been passive or insecure about what to do, you probably spent far too long in that chair. I've never known anybody who had a bold, strong faith in God who led a passive comfortable, challenge-avoiding life. Never. You know why? Because this chair will never forge a faith worth having. 
It will never lead you into a life worth living. It's a lie. No one ever looks back on their days in the chair and says, oh man, those were great days. Those were good times. Never. This chair may be the most dangerous object in your home, not because of what happens when you're in it, but because of what happens, what doesn't happen. I remind you that the God of the universe calls you and me into the adventure of a lifetime. It's a relationship of continuing growth and challenge. You will be stretched. It's a partnership where he changes and molds you and then uses you to build his kingdom. It's the purpose you were made for. It's the adventure you were created for. It will ignite your greatest passion. It will fulfill your greatest desire, but you have to get out of the chair. So what do you say? The choice is up to you. I'm going to help you get started. There's one response you and I can all do. I'm going to ask you up out of your chair. And the one thing we can do is we can sing together in response to this great God who calls us into this awesome adventure. And we can sing about his goodness and his greatness and about him using us to build his kingdom. Amen?